Welcome to an all new edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Zoom Style. Along with Lakin McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and the Grandmas, the kids will say, at SidKid80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. And you can read all of my articles at rearegalradio.com. That's W E A R E R E G A L radio.com. And you can find us on Anchor, War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. We're everywhere. Wherever you download your, download your podcast, make sure you do a search for War on Anchor. Also, we on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download that iHeartRadio app. And when you do that, search for War on Anchor. That's W A R R on Anchor. We also are on YouTube. Just search for War Media. That's W A R R Media. And you see. This podcast on, on, on a video platform, you see our lovely faces. Voila! You can follow me at Lamont69 on Instagram, Lamont on Facebook, and Lamont Scott16 on Twitter. And you can find me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Okay, well, <laughs> let's get right to it, guys, and talk about the Bears and the Falcons. Yesterday, um, a lot happened in that game. Uh, you got a comeback. You got Falcons won another lead. You got Nick Foles coming in. Who wants to start? A lot. A lot this was a very eventful game, we'll say. I'll start. Do the Bears have a new quarterback? I mean, I had always predicted that he'd be the quarterback by week four. I'm still on track for that. And and like, I think the whole energy of the team changed at that point. They was fighting for extra yards. They was trying to make plays. It just seemed like the whole atmosphere changed. They knew it was time to make a change, and the proper change was made. So I'll, I'll jump in here. I didn't, I didn't see the second half of the game, but of course, you know, I caught the highlights and everything a little later on, and, and read what was going on on the Twitter and throughout the uh, throughout the internet. And you know, first half, obviously, the Bears, you know, they they left touchdowns and points on the board. Um, I believe there was a missed field goal there. We'll get into that in a second. Um, and the Bears' lack of a kicking game. But there was also a, a lot of penalties, especially in that first half. I know there were some in the second half as well. But listen, guys, we all saw this coming. I mean, in one sense or form, right? I mean, Lamont, you said four weeks. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about this, but my sense was at least by week six or seven myself, um, if they didn't see any improvement from Trubisky, they were going to make the change. Um, so this is not totally surprising. And, um, you know, it's it's – it's sad in a way because obviously the Bears have failed once again to draft a franchise quarterback. And uh, you could see the immediate difference in the offense when Nick Foles came into, came into the game. Trubisky's knock is just that he was not willing to push the ball down the field. Well, one of many knocks, actually. But his unwillingness to push the ball down the field was really hindering this high-powered Matt Nagy offense. We know how Matt Nagy wants to get the ball down the field. He wants to score points. 
And there were plenty of opportunities there. And you, you can't miss a, a wide open Anthony Miller for a touchdown towards the end of the second half. I mean, these are the things that, that if you want to be an NFL professional franchise quarterback in this league, you have to make throws like that. And then I, I, I saw the interception that he threw this morning, actually the highlight of that. And that, that's just that's just deplorable. I mean, you've got to see that guy. It's his own defense for crying out loud. If you don't see him, then, uh, uh, again, you just, he deserved to get benched. Obviously, Matt Nagy goes with Foles uh, pretty much the next series. And the offense and the Bears take off from there. And, again, I don't think any of this is a coincidence. Um, Matt Nagy had to make this decision to, to save his season and, and, and the Bears' season. I played the role of the cynic and the pessimist once again for the third straight week. The Bears should be 0-3. With that being said, as a Bears fan, you should be happy with the team being 3-0, but it comes with a cost on a couple of fronts. One, the injury to Tariq Cohen was devastating. You're really going to miss him. We'll get into that later. The quarterback, uh, quote-unquote, controversy, as we all said, uh, leading up to this season. Well, we all saw this potentially happening at some point this season. What Nick Foles did on Sunday, he deserved um, – we all know what he has done throughout his career. To people that want to make it a quote-unquote controversy, this isn't a controversy. Barring injury, Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback for the Bears moving forward. Let me repeat that again for those of you that do not want to believe it or don't want to listen. As the kids would say, one more again. Nick Foles, barring injury, will be your starting quarterback. Now, have we seen Mitch Trubisky as, as the last time playing in the Bears uniform? I don't think so. Did we see him as the last time as a starting quarterback for the Bears? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. You, you, you kind of took that uh, where I wanted to go with it real quick, Sydney, before Makina, you can jump in here. I, I, I don't think Trubisky ever throws a pass for the Bears again. I mean, I know that that could be, you know, a little extreme and, and a little bit of, you know, out, outlier there, but mm -hmm. I, I – Again, barring injuries, if Nick Foles gets injured or something, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky ever throws a pass for the Bears again. He's got an option coming up this year. There's no way the team is going to pick that up. And when uh, Nagy just named Nick Foles the starting quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, uh, he didn't throw a pass as a backup. They might sign him as a backup, which I'd be okay with. He, he can get some of that money back. And I'd be okay with him being a backup. Well, Trubisky is a bit – he will be the backup for the foreseeable future for the rest of the season, as I said, barring injury. But, but another point I want to pick, piggyback off of Jason is the first half. The first two drives, it should have been 14 points, to be honest with you. We do need a kicker, but we'll get into that later. The Bears actually look good, but there should have been more points put up on the board. With those first two drives, you only accumulated three points. That's inexcusable. Now, toward the end of that first half, I agree with you, Jason, uh, that Anthony Miller, that was supposed to be a, a touchdown uh, catch, uh, Trubisky overthrew him. Anthony Miller ran the route correctly. Trubisky just overthrew him over his head. That should have been a 17-16 Bears lead at halftime instead of you trailing by six points. Now, in, in the, also in the first half, the Bears had a bunch of dumb penalties, and they were undiscipl undisciplined to an extent. The Atlanta Falcons were, weren't really doing anything to it much exotic. They were doing play action, which the Bears had been fooled by that all year long. You can go back to the Detroit game for that. The, this defense still has a lot of work to do. Now, in the second half, the defense turned it around just enough to 
save save the team for victory. And it was the Atlanta Falcons that were playing undisciplined, um, playing prevent coverage and giving up dumb plays and committing dumb penalties. The Bears were lucky to get out of there with a win yesterday. Now, with that being said, the only thing that was consistent from the Bears on Sunday was the running game in the office of play of the offensive line. You had to give thumbs up to both of those uh, units. Well, yeah, especially for the offensive line, at least they didn't get up to a great start, Sid. Let's let's also put that out there. <laughs> Your boy James Daniels showed his ugly head again with a couple of false starts and holding penalties. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's okay. They, they they got it back going. And like you said, um, Atlanta was really ready for it, especially in those that, that first half. They were ready for that run. They really, really were. They stuffed uh, Montgomery on a few plays there. But, again, as it got going in the second half, you could see the hole starting to open open up there a little bit. And, uh, again, yeah, you, you clean up some penalties, right? And, and it's a closer game in the first half if the Bears don't outright have the lead. And this is part of the frustration that goes into being a Bears fan and watching this Bears offense when Trubisky was leading it. You had mentioned it. it the score should have been probably 14 to nothing, at, you know, midway through the first quarter. Those are touchdowns that the Bears have to have early in the game to establish momentum you know, to, to establish some sort of comfortability, especially when you're on the road. I mean, I know, you know, there's no fans in the stands, but you're still on the road. It's a hostile environment. You're not at home. These are the things you you, you want to see. And they mentioned it. I know Jonathan Vilma mentioned it on the broadcast. I think he's great, by the way. Hopefully we can get into that a little bit more later on in the show. Uh, but but Vilma mentioned it as far as the frustrations with the offense. You could you could really see it, even though Matt Nagy's wearing a, you know, a, wearing a, a do-rag or whatever he had on his face, a mask on. <laughs> the frustration on his face as far as the team not being able to come away with points and again uh you know it's you you have to make a move like this because the bears are now three and oh but they were two and oh in spite of mitchell trubisky not because of him you guys hear me now okay Uh, all right cool uh i finally i finally got able to adjust my uh, my audio but uh sorry about that folks but uh yeah i mean Look, I'm just hoping that that Foles can do this consistently. We haven't had any evidence in his career that he does this consistently. I mean, you know, he kind of jumps in when someone else messes up. And, you know, look, yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Philly's having their own issues. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, look, I'm I'm hoping that Foles can pull it out. But history has shown that they haven't. And, again, look, listen, Trubisky is being a gentleman and saying, look, you know what, he deserves it. You know, I'm with the team, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I'm sure it's got to be hurting his ego. I mean, after one pick, which actually in this case was not his his fault, you know, Denard actually kind of ripped the ripped the ball away from A. Rob. So, I, I mean, it, it's sort of like one of those things that happens. So I don't know. I mean, you know, keep keep going with your with your feet with uh with what you guys guys been saying. Yeah, I want to jump in on that Allen Robinson uh, touchdown that was taken away by Denard, as you mentioned, Lakina. The NFL officials got it wrong. Allen Robinson had control of the ball. As soon as his head touched the ground, it counts as two feet. And after that happened, Denard ripped it away for the interception. The NFL got that call wrong. I know it would be a bigger issue if the Bears would have lost that game. But with that being said, that Allen Robinson touchdown should have counted. He should have had two touchdowns yesterday instead of one. Now, the Anthony Miller touchdown that was taken away in the fourth quarter, they got that right because the ball touched the ground, and Miller did not, I repeat, did not have full control of that ball. So the refs got the call right with the Anthony Miller touchdown in the fourth quarter. 
But the Allen Robinson touchdown, they, they totally screwed that up. So Nick Foles possibly could have had five touchdowns. I mean, Nick Foles, the fact that he threw the ball in the end zone, I think, was a, a refreshing sight for me. And uh, Lakina said Mitch uh, took it. Yeah, he took it on the chin, and you were saying his ego might be hurt. I, I mean, he's never even showed the ego, really. So I think he probably is just like, okay, whatever. Because that's the kind of, you know, that's how he comes out to me, like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I think that's why he's in the position he's in. I don't think he's put forth, you know, everything he needs to put forth. That's just my opinion. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, I, I, I'm over Trubisky at this point. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I was over him <laughs> last year. Um, again, I mean, it, you, 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 he is what he is at this point. Right, guys? I mean, this is his fourth year. You know, we were, we were looking – for a, a step forward, you know, uh, a, 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 a jump in, in productivity and ability, but it, we're just starting to see the same old things. And he can take it on the chin all he wants, but, you know, he's got to take it on the chin from a bench and hopefully <laughs> we never see him on the field again. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, for me, I, I think we'll see where this Bears team goes from here. I know that, look, Matt Nagy, to his credit, you know, he didn't really commit to, you know, a starter for next week's game against the Colts. No, he did it. He did? Well, I mean, did they, did he officially say it or? He officially said it. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading it now. He officially said it. Oh, well, then maybe literally just a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah, I see it right here. Break it right now. Yeah, okay. Lamont's right. I mean, I see, yeah, I see uh, Ian Rappaport reporting it right here, right here in his tweet. So, yeah, so it looks like it is going to be Foles. And, look, look I mean, for me, I think that my biggest concern with this team is that they have not they have not played a complete game yet. That is for me, that's the issue from for me. I mean, the offense has not played a complete game, the defense has not played a complete complete game, the special teams, I think as JCU says just said it earlier, they're having their problems too. So I, I just I just I'm not there yet with this three and old team. I've heard people say that, and and they're right. This is probably the most undeserving three and O team in in the league right now. They're four. They're I think they're like four or five teams left undefeated pending tonight's game, which we'll also preview as well. You know, I, I want to focus in on that Bears offense and the, the injury to Tariq Cohen. Of course, he's going to be missed on the special teams, which means on offense, Cor Cordell Patterson, who's your quote unquote backup running back, you're going to see a whole lot more of him now taking Tariq Cohen's place now. Will they get to replace Cohen as far as the roster spot, whether it's via the practice squad or via free agency? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who the Bears pick up because if they're looking for a diamond in the rough via free agency, you're not going to get it because Tariq Cohen is a special type of player, and he's a freak of habit who makes guys miss, even though he's, he's short for, this, for the position that he plays. But I'm interested to see what the Bears do creatively now that Tariq Cohen is gone for the year. I know Anthony Miller will replace him as far as punt returns are concerned. And you still have Patterson as your kick returner. But we're going to see an increased role in this office for Patterson as your quote-unquote backup running back the slash now uh, maybe third wide receiver going forward. It's going to be a challenge for this Bears offense to – pick up now now that we know that Nick Foles is your starting quarterback going forward. 
Yeah, where did you guys see that news at? I know I'm I'm a little late on it, but where? NFL where Network. NFL, NFL Network. Network. Yeah. NFL okay. Network. Yeah, Ian Yeah, Ian Rapport literally just just tweeted. I see a yeah, oh, okay. tweeted too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm seeing now. I'm seeing it now on my Twitter. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, again, not not surprising here, folks. I um I I definitely agree with your point, Lakina. We've seen foes do this, but can he keep it up for a season? Uh, let, let let's hope so, right? I mean, we we just want to see good quarterback play here in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, we just you want to see good curse. quarterback I mean, play here I, in Chicago. I hope I see that in my lifetime. I think we cursed. I mean, I've never seen it in my lifetime. I mean, I'm getting older. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, hopefully I'll see it before it's all over, but I've never seen it. And to see Foles run out there in that number nine was kind of funny. I was like, oh, okay, we got Jim McMahon back. So maybe we'll go to a football. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be happy to hear you say that. Unfortunately, some bad news for the Bears. Various um, people are reporting that it has to confirm that Tariq Cohen has indeed tore his ACL in yesterday's game. That is a big loss for them, I think, because he kind of keeps the change moving. Yeah, he kind of freaks you out at times with some of the things he does. You know, sometimes when he gets the, the pub returns or the kickoff returns, he usually goes backwards <laughs> before he goes forwards. He usually goes sideways. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it, it, look, I mean, this is going to be a, this is a big loss for the Bears, I, I think. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but what do you guys think? Well, let me jump in here. I actually, and I, you know, I've been totally wrong before, and I could be again, but I don't think this is as big a loss as you may think it may be, Lakina. Um, again, he hasn't, and I love Tariq Cohen. I actually do. I think he does do a lot of different things for the Bears. I, I like his role within the team. But Tariq Cohen is not really a game changer, in, in my opinion. He can break big plays. He has ability to be explosive, sure. But, you know, ha have have we seen – one real game where we can say that was the Tariq Cohen game since he's been in the league. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, again, I, I, I think it's a definite loss, but I don't think it may be as big a loss as we may think. Um, a, a lot of the times when he's used in the offensive lineup, he pretty much gets the ball. He's not really a decoy. You, you know what I mean? He's, he's not really there to throw off a defense. If he's in the lineup, he's, he's getting the ball. So, uh, again, I'm. I don't think it'll be a big loss, but I could be totally wrong here. What do you guys think, Sid and Lamont? Well, I, I kind of I agree with you a little bit. I mean, he's had some great moments, but as far as being a difference maker, I mean, he's just another player in a sense, almost like they can put anybody in that spot, and anybody can make that play. And that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, I'm sorry, he hurt. Great player. He, he did wonderful things for us, but. At the same time, going forward, I don't see where to be that big of a loss. I think someone else might get a chance. Like C had said, uh, Patterson will give him more opportunities. So mm -hmm. see what he can do all around. Also, keep your eye on rookie wide receiver Patrick Mooney. We talked about him uh, on our last podcast. I know he had a couple of catches yesterday, and I know he had a couple more targets as well. If, when uh, Now that Nick Foles are, is in the fold as your starting quarterback going forward, Hopefully you'll see uh, Mooney get just a little bit more targets. Allen Robinson is going to get his. And the tight ends, which we'll talk about in a minute, really stepped up yesterday via Jimmy Graham. So hopefully that the production will be spread around. And hopefully uh, Patrick Mooney will get just a couple more targets 
And let's see if Anthony Miller can pick up his play as well. He did catch the game-winning touchdown yesterday. So uh, the production will be uh, spread around, and, and we'll see if they can uh, pick up going forward. Yeah, yeah, I like what I'm seeing. Is, is it Mooney or Moody? I think it's Moody, right? So, Mooney. Yeah. Moody. 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 Yeah, I, I, I like what I'm seeing from that draft pick so far. I know he hasn't had a whole lot of snaps, um, you know, so far in the early season. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely liking what I'm seeing so far. I think that was him with that sideline catch um, early in the first yeah. half of the game. Yeah. I think, uh, Mitch threw that out route. Uh, and that, and that, was, that was a really, really nice catch. And I think he had a, a, a couple of catches last week and, and week one as well. I like what I'm seeing from him. And, uh, again, I, I think you will start to see that production ramp up a little bit with a capable, competent quarterback <laughs> in the backfield. You know, you'll start to see a, a lot more of those deep shots and connections to Anthony Miller, some of those deep shots and connections to Allen Robinson, hopefully some of those intermediate, excuse me, uh, connections to, to Moody or to whoever else may be. I know Foles likes to spread the ball around, and so does Matt Nagy. He likes seeing a lot of different guys get involved in the offense. And I also think this, this is a big opportunity for David Montgomery to get a lot more uh, playing time and production in as well. He's, he, he's shown the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I'm, I'm looking for him, especially for fantasy purposes, selfishly. And um, run people but, over. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for <laughs> Montgomery. To pick up <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I mean, if we get the Nick Foles you saw in Philadelphia, you know, hey, great. But if we get the Nick Foles we saw last year in Jacksonville, that's going to be a problem. And like I said, it's going to – like I said, I mean, everybody needs to step up. They need to play a complete game from first and fourth quarter. They can't afford to, especially coming up on Sunday against a pretty good Colts team – They've been banged up too, but look, Frank Wright's a very capable coach, and I think it'll be interesting to see what, what happens here from here on out. Now that Nick's is going to be that Foles going to be the starter moving forward. I think you'll get that complete game because I don't think they were able to play a complete game because the defense was mentally out of it because they knew they couldn't get no help from the offense. So I don't think they was all in. I mean, I know it seems small, but I just don't think they was all in on Mitch. So. We're going to see. This might be it. I think we're going to go up to Indianapolis and show out. All right. Now let's let's do the flip side here with Atlanta. Um, I I gave a shout-out to Sid and uh, Lamont right after the game yesterday. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Dan Quinn should be getting his pink slip at his link car. Why is he still the coach of Atlanta? I have no idea. Let's, unless he got some weird photos of Arthur Blank in a compromised position. I don't know why he's, he hasn't been fired yet. But uh, what do you guys what do you guys think about Atlanta's performance? I mean, they you know made history again. This is the second time ever that a team that was up at least fifteen points and they blew the lead. They do it again. I don't know what else to say. I, I, look, I'm sure heads are rolling down there in Atlanta. I know um, L. Duckett from ESPN, who is an Atlanta girl. I know she's been, <laughs> she's been sort of like you know bringing out the uh, feelings of Atlanta sports fans. So, what do you guys think? <laughs> you say Arthur, him and Arthur Blank been to Magic City, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they like the wings. They like the wings. They like the wings. They like the wings. Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's got to be rough on them down there. I mean. He it's it's like maybe he's not in it no more. I mean Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan is good. They got some wide receivers down there. They got boys that can catch the ball. They got a running back that know what he's doing. Why they keep losing? I think I heard Jonathan Vilma say it, it. It was mental. 
they say it's in their mind now. That's why they're doing it. He says mental. And and so that's gonna be hard to overcome unless you change your coach. So I look forward to see who's gonna be the next person going down there in Atlanta to do something with that talented roster. There's a lot of talent down there. It is a very good roster offensively. Of course, they were missing Julio Jones on Sunday, but they put up enough, enough points to beat the Bears. But they did what the Bears did, but only in the opposite blowing leads the last two weeks. As you mentioned, Lamont, Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. He was not the problem yesterday. I think just with Atlanta, they let their foot off the gas, and it was mental, like Jonathan Vilma said on a broadcast yesterday. The Atlanta, they, they were beating the Bears at the point of the attack, and through the first three quarters, especially with the running game, Tark Gurley's stats, you look at him, it wasn't – as vintage girly as we come to expect in the past, but he had a touchdown on Sunday. Brian Hill on that draw screen, he scored a touchdown on a 23-yard run. So they were beating the Bears at a point of attack. So the offense wasn't the problem. It's just like the defense, which we told you on our last podcast over the weekend, their defense, especially their secondary, was terrible. You had about three or four guys uh, leave via injury. And yeah. the Bears couldn't take advantage until Nick Foles got in the game. And once that happened, uh, like we mentioned, it was mental. Oh, here we go again, and you saw what happened. Yeah, uh, you, you know, Dan Quinn probably should have been fired after last year, right? I mean, this is this is really, really, really bad. Um, they are the first team to lose a game after having a 16-point-plus lead in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, first team in history to do that back-to-back weeks, um, unacceptable. I mean, it's, it's it's really just unacceptable. I don't know any other way to put it. They only scored 10 points in the second half when they probably should have and could have scored more. Um, they probably should have scored more in the first half, how they were doing the Bears' defense early on in the game, um, but they couldn't take advantage. You know, Matt Ryan is the king of starting off a game hot and then cooling off tremendously, um, and, and it's it's – it's getting worse by the day down there in in Atlanta, and uh, yeah, I'm not really sure why Dan Quinn still has a job even to this day. It's a it's a it's a bad look, and it's a really really bad loss. Why didn't they run? I think my thing is like, why didn't they run the ball more in the second half? They could have melt the clock. I mean, Gurley mm-hmm. and both Gurley and Brian Hill were doing their their thing, you know, running wise. They were, I mean, especially Hill. I mean, why did they give him the ball? Why are they trying to, to pass the ball? I mean, they had. You know, Ryan had zero completions during that fourth quarter, so I don't know why mm-hmm. they didn't run the ball. Can't play Kyle Shanahan. He's not there anymore, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know who else he can blame. But, uh, yeah, so head should be rolling down there. Um, all right, studs and duds time, gentlemen. All right, who wants to start with their studs? I'll start. I was watching this game live via my computer. Uh, the Tampa Bay and Denver contest, shout out to Chicago's very own Adam Ami, who called the game of Fox yesterday. Patrick O'Connor, number 79 of Tampa Bay. He blocked a punt from Denver, which started it off at Tampa Bay, which led to their first touchdown by Chris Godwin, who left the game with a concussion. So Patrick O'Connor, number 79 for Tampa Bay, he gets my game ball. Number two, Tyler Croft, the tight end for Buffalo. Two touchdowns, which Buffalo came back and won over the Los Angeles Rams, 32-28. And num- number three for right now, Aaron Donald, even in a loss when the Rams were coming back. Two sacks, as I said on our last podcast, if Buffalo wanted to win, they had to r- have their running game run away from Aaron Donald, which they did early, but 
They relaxed. Aaron Donald came to light. He had two sacks. And also, shout out to running back Daryl Henderson for the Rams as well. So both of those guys will get my early game balls. Um, I will go with my studs, of course, uh, riding the Jason Wade, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is showing that his name should be mentioned at the top of these quarterbacks. It's like they keep forgetting about who that man is. Russell Wilson will definitely get a stud. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Matt Nagy for having the courage to pull Mitch. That's <laughs> I'm serious. Mine. I was going to say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That took a lot of heart to pull him, and he, he finally had to do it because he realized that if I don't pull him, I might lose my job. So I got to get rid of him. So that, that's, you know, that's who I was leaning towards. Okay, uh, for me, I know it was a losing effort, but Alvin Kamara, uh, listen, he's, he's all world people. Get to done catching the ball, get to done running the ball, uh, made a few people look foolish. In, uh, in that game in Green Bay, I get, that was a fun one to sort of watch. I didn't get to watch it all. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara definitely gets a stud for me. Uh, let's see. Uh, big stud. I, you know what? I'm actually going to give one to Todd Gurley um, from, from the Atlanta Falcons. I am um, because I didn't think he actually had anything in him anymore. Um, but he showed me a few things on the ground yesterday against the Bears defense, which, again, not really good. We, we know that. But um, he's he's going to get a, a stud for me. Um, could have been a dud, could have been a real big dud, but ended up being a stud. D.K. Metcalf catching that game-winning touchdown in that Dallas game, a little bit of redemption for him because of a bonehead play earlier where he uh, had a touchdown, but, of course, lollygagged in the end zone and got it knocked away from him. So um, redemption on his part. I'm going to give a big redemption stud to D.K. Metcalf. Okay. Okay. For me, I think you stole one of mine. I was going to give it to Kamara in a losing effort, but I'm going to go on the other side from that game. The Green Bay Packers, like it or not, Bears fans, they're 3-0-2. I mean, they, they've got three – Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns, and the defense made some big plays late, including the, the fumble, fumble return that sealed that win for them. And, look, Aaron Rodgers has only been sacked three times in the first three weeks of the of this season, and he looks very comfortable in that offense, and I think this is a, this is a guy who feels like his, his back is against the wall, and they could be a team to, to record with, with the Packers. I think we might have underestimated them. Um, one more for me, um, the Carolina Panthers, they broke a 10-game losing streak going back to last season. Matt Rue gets his first win as coach. Teddy Bridgewater had a touchdown had only one touchdown pass, but he had 235 yards passing. So that kept that kept the Chargers off the field. I think that 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 played huge dividends. And you know, Mike Davis did his thing to kind of you know now that Christian McCaffrey's going to be out for a while. For only 40, only I think like 46 uh, rushing yards, but he was able to keep the change moving. Kept the Chargers, like I said, off the field. So Carolina, um, totally deserving of a stud there. And um, one more, um, Josh Allen. Look, I think he made his mistakes early on in that game. However you feel about that call, that pass interference call, but you know he was able to overcome the interception that led to the Rams' comeback, but he made the touchdown pass late to seal the win for the Bills, and now they're undefeated. So those are my studs. Now, duds. Oh, uh, real quick, Lakina. Yeah? Real quick, Lakina, a couple of bonus studs for me slash game balls. Allen Robinson from the Bears. 
He should have had two touchdowns instead of one, but he showed up big with uh, uh, over 100 yards receiving. Jimmy Graham for the Bears, a couple of touchdowns. It was nice to see him pop up again. And Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks, three touchdowns. All right. So, duds time on the flip side. Who are your duds? I'll go first. The Arizona Cardinals. It pains me. It's it, it Good call. Yeah, I was watching yeah, that game me. via my computer. They were terrible. It, it, it pains me. It's like they, they it's like they started listening to their own hype or something. I don't know what happened. But uh, Hopkins had another great game. But Arizona, Arizona, that, was, that wasn't cool losing to them. And – uh, another one, uh, I got to go back to my own Chicago Bears and Mr. Trubisky. I mean, he couldn't learn the job in four years. I mean, you give me three years on the job, if I'm not doing it, I want you to sit me down. Like, I mean, that's just how I feel. So, I, I mean, he got to get it done because he couldn't learn nothing in three years. And that's <laughs> not Lamont, I want to go back to that Detroit-Arizona game yesterday. What grade would you give Dick Stockton, even though you're sure they did watch oh it gosh. in its entirety? Dick Stockton, Dick Stockton, like, he be watching two games. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to meet him so I can tell him, too. So, oh, gosh. games. Like, he watch it and he say it and then, like, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm always up for a Dick Stockton game. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. So, you, you, you guys know where I'm going with this. It's my all-time favorite team, all-time favorite team. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the New York Adam Gases. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Lamont, get that pink slip ready. <laughs> All right. I had somebody, somebody walk up when I was looking at that Jets game and said, they don't look that good. Watch <laughs> football. They, like, they don't look that good. I was like, you just don't know. My my mom was like that, too. She saw me watching on the computer. Like, oh, wait, they look me. really they were, they look really bad. They just look really bad. Like, yeah, mom, you're right. <laughs> I don't know how you can make yourself look bad. This That's the problem. But they find new ways to make themselves look even worse than what they were. And, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, Sam Darnold is not an NFL quarterback at this point either, folks. Uh, three interceptions yesterday. Two of them returned for touchdowns. Um, and and they, they, they have no offense. Uh, their defense is on the field way too much. Um, Adam Gates doesn't have a clue what he's doing. I don't know how – well, well I, I, I know how he has his jobs, I think. Um, that's a completely different conversation for oh. today. But he, 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 he went to the Magic They're a bad team. They need to move on from him immediately. Uh, one, one of my duds. Other dud is uh, the, the, it's, it's, it's the other New York team. is the, the New York Joe Judges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's the point. That's yeah, the point. That's they, can, true. they can no longer have the names that they have right now, Lamont. That's why I'm calling them what they call, what I'm calling them because they don't deserve their names. Um, I'm glad I am not a New York football fan at this current moment in time because both teams are just horrible. Um, I, I think the jury is still out on Daniel Jones as of right now. They're, they've been decimated by injuries, so I'm, I'm trying to give him a pass there. Um, they, they have no offensive line because of those injuries. 
and they really don't have any viable um, passing targets uh, or running backs. So, I mean, they're, they're just uh, in shambles as far as offense goes. And, and again, the defense just can't d- keep up with that when your offense is so bad. So they're, they're still going to get duds for me. Um, the Jets, the Giants, and oh, also another coach that should get the pink slip, another, another, not necessarily the team, but the coach. Um, I think the Houston Texans only had the ball for like three and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's also unacceptable. I mean, just unacceptable. I know Deshaun Watson got paid and I'm so glad he did, but I know he is gritting his teeth and calling out the good Lord to whoever mm-hmm. to get Bill O'Brien out of there. There's no way you can convince me that he's not doing that because that man has single-handedly ruined that team for him and he needs to go. Yes, he has. And then no excuse to ruin it. Like, it, it don't even have a, you know, I don't, I don't see nothing at no direction or no way he was trying to go with none of the moves he made. And maybe New York can combine their team and come up with a team, you know, put the Jets <laughs> together and just plug <laughs> everything or something and help. Say what yeah, a couple of, yeah, a couple of dusts for me. One, the, rep, uh, the replay officials that Took away that first touchdown from Mellon Robinson. I, I said what I said earlier, so I'll leave it at that. Mike drop. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Shout out to our good friend, Lakina and Jason Spiro Diaz, who called the game yesterday. So we, we should give him more love on this program. Uh, I know we, we bag on Dick Stockton in a good, respectful way, but shout out to Spiro Diaz, who called that game yesterday. Philadelphia is my Doug. Uh, Doug Peterson, I don't think that Super Bowl win from a couple years ago, man, I don't think it's going to help you anymore. Lamont <laughs> may be ready to drop another pink slip. Uh, uh, you know, he, Carson went, it wouldn't have ended in a tie. He, and he also another – go ahead, Lamont. He was happy with that tie. You see, he, he was like, yeah, you know, the tie was the best thing. He, that, like, was the he only, was that was the only ending for that game because that whole game was a dud. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be reminded that, yeah. that whole game was a dud. <laughs> if you would have gave that ball back to Joe Barrow, they would have lost. Yeah, yeah. And also, my last dub for me, Kirk Cousins with another turnover in the fourth quarter. Minnesota, they were going back and forth with the Titans. They should have had the game won. But as we all talk about on this show, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback when it comes down to pressure situations. Uh, he he finds a way to mess it up. He threw another late game interception yesterday. So, um, head coach, uh, I'm blanking on the Minnesota head coach. Mike Zimmer. Uh, Mike Zimmer. He he should get a pink slip if this continues to slide. They're on three now. So, uh, those are my three duds: Minnesota, Philadelphia, and the replay officials from the Chicago Atlanta game. Well, I already previewed my first dud. The that whole that Eagles uh, Bengals game was a dud. <laughs> I felt bad for our good buddy Spiro and now Adam Marchaletta because they were the only they were trying to kind of make it entertaining, but that whole that whole game was just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it, it was, and that was look our, our, our another one of our good friends Shay Peppercorn. You know, she said, "Oh well, that's one awful way to end the game to tie." Well, no, that's the only way to end a game like that. No one deserved to win that game, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, um, Lamont, you stole another one for me. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. That that pains me because I like this team a lot. Me they're too. Young, they're you know. I think that I'm hoping this is not one of those games where down the line that is that loss is gonna come at the bottom in the butt when it comes to tiebreakers. Yeah. Not having, I think not having Christian Kirk there. I think I think that would have helped that defense, that secondary a little bit. So they would have been able to pressure Stafford, and he would have been a better matchup for it with Kenny Galloway because Galloway showed why he's one of the top young wide receivers in the league. Yeah. 
Yeah, and three first half turnovers will kill you as a young team, and absolutely. that's what happened to Arizona. Absolutely, I know. I know people. I know people in Arizona are saying they they should run the ball more. They actually ran the ball well, but you know we know that's not Cliff Kingsbury style. So we'll we'll see. I mean, hopefully you learn from it and you burn the tape. Um, another, I think one more. I think I got one more. Who the hell was it? Uh, shoot. Um, oh, uh, Jacksonville. We're going back to 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 um to Thursday night, and we don't get a chance to talk about the Thursday nighters, but. Oh God, no! They will. No yeah, no more ministry media. Sorry. <laughs> and also, oh, this a, a bonus stud for me, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Two touchdowns and a touchdown uh, rushing. You know the beard. <laughs> I mean, it, it look. It's look. I mean, we'll see he if they can. About eighty percent of his passes, didn't? He? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. We'll see if Miami can. I don't know if Miami will be able to challenge for maybe a, a wild card spot. Who knows? But that was a good performance by him. So those are those are my studs and duds for a, a bonus one for you. Uh, Cam Newton on on just playing football in that hat he wore in that press conference. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, he just playing football, and he, you know I'm I'm happy that he succeeded when they thought it was over for him. But you know I'm, I'm glad he's doing okay. Well, yeah, they put it on the Raiders yesterday. Woo. Oh yeah, long well, as they're well, winning, long as they're winning, he can, he can dress up like the Easter Bunny as long as they're yeah. winning. But he close to it. Well, yeah, but, I mean they they just can't beat the Patriots, uh, the Ra as far as the Raiders go. But but I I want to talk about this is to me this is about the Patriots. People were in this quote unquote debate: Will Tom Brady succeed without Belichick? Will Belichick succeed without Brady? I think they're both okay. Now, it helps that you've got a guy like Cam Newton leading your offense, but the thing about – the thing that has made Bill Belichick, in my opinion, maybe the greatest coach of all time, is his ability to take a team and mold it and strengthen it to what they do best. This, the Patriots are now a run-heavy team. They focused on that, and they're doing it well. Like you said, Rex Burkhead, three touchdowns. Cam Newton doing his thing. He looks healthy. They're not going to air it out for 400 yards every week, folks. But what they are going to do is going to line up, hit you with two tight end sets a lot of the time, do some, some QB options with Cam Newton back there, and hand the ball off. And they're probably going to beat you more times than not. And, and this is why, I, I again, I say Bill Belichick might be the greatest coach of all time and why I love, I, I've loved watching the Patriots so far this year. Yeah. Like her. All right, let's get to Monday night, tonight's game. Battle of Unbeatens. This should be a really good one here between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually excited. Um, we watching the people that the Bears didn't want the quarterback game. So that's... that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's Don't remind us, Lamar. Don't remind us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it, no, it's just funny because that's actually Lamar Jackson is my mama's favorite football player. So she's going to come watch the game with me tonight. She's going to be – she's she been posted up like all week talking about when he going to play. So I, I, I can't wait to watch this game tonight. And I'm going – I mean, Baltimore, I think Baltimore going to uh, do their thing tonight. I think they're going to show people that they shouldn't be overlooked in this whole who going to win the um, AFC thing. So I'm looking for a strong performance out of Baltimore. And I'm looking at them to run the ball really well. And – um, I think the Chargers expose something with Mahomes. I think if you hit him enough, you can slow him down. So I think the Ravens might be on some hit him hard type stuff. You know, I can't wait to see can they pull that out. Well, this, this this game is in Baltimore, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, I'm 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 gonna take the Ravens here. 
Um, but that's not necessarily going to be a knock or a, you know, a, a, an all eyes on Kansas City moment for me. Um, they're, they're the hunted. And we've talked about this before, folks. When you're the hunted, it is difficult to look as good as you did when you're, you're not the hunted. So Kansas City is still, they're still going to be right where they need to be when, when it's all said and done. I, I'm not worried about Kansas City. But there may be some slight blowout potential tonight, folks. I think the Ravens are ready for this game. I think they're really ready to put themselves right up at the top where they think they, need, where, where they, think they deserve to be. I know they're probably still a little stung about how last season ended. They're getting off to a great start. And um, I, I think, again, slight blowout potential here for the Ravens. They want some respect. As I, uh, on our last podcast on Friday, I picked the Baltimore Ravens. Here's right. As you mentioned, Lamont, their defense is a little bit better than it was a year ago. I want to see how they do against uh, uh, their run defense does against Kansas City. Number two, can you pressure Patrick Mahomes and get him out of his rhythm? And number three, for Baltimore, running the football. My guy, rookie running back J.K. Diamonds out of Ohio State. Let's see if he gets, if he gets some more touches. Mark Ingram, if he can stop fumbling the ball. He's done well this year, so I'm looking forward to the running game for Baltimore tonight. Can they control the line, line of scrimmage? If they can, they'll win this ball game. I did pick Baltimore, so I expect them to win tonight. How much? I don't know if I expect a victory. It should be a, a classic game. I hope it is from a fan standpoint. Yeah, because yeah, I think that the, I think Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and uh, Lewis Rigger, I think they deserve to call a classic game, and this, I think this will be it tonight. I think it will be close, but I think Baltimore does enough to pull away because – they're on a mission. They're ready. And they feel look, they they're not happy with how last season ended for them. They really feel like they should have won or at the very least got to the Super Bowl. Who knows if they would have won it, but they should at least gotten to it. And, you know, Derek Henry kind of ran all over them. They they improved that. They bolt up in their, their pass rush. And I think look, the Chargers kind of gave me the formula as to how to slow down. Mahomes and that offense. So I think they're gonna use it tonight. I think they're gonna put it all out there. And I think I don't want to, I'm not going to say blowout, but I think, I think Baltimore pulls away late. I think that's going to be the key for me. All right. That's our recap for our NFL week three, our preview, also slash preview for the Monday Night Football game. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk MLB playoffs. The stage is set. Both the Cubs and the White Sox are in it. We'll talk about that. Also, the NBA finals are set. So we're going to talk about that as well. Also, college football recapping that. You know, a couple of teams might have separated themselves, and are they back? Well, we'll find out. This is Second City Sports Zoom style, and we'll be right back. To the Yankees, win. Yankees are the Dodgers. Welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> Once again, I'm Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter at Keena underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow you me. Can follow me. Go ahead, Sid. Okay. You can follow me at Sid Kid80 on Twitter and the Insta. Once again, at Sid Kid80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. S I D K I D eight zero. We're also on your podcast platforms. Just search for War or Anger. We kick you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. We're everywhere. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download War on Anger, which includes Second City Sports in the scope of Josh Hicks. That Davis show, Dean Davis, that Davis and Friends to Flip, and all other programming from Ward Media. Also, we on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please 
download the iHeartRadio app. Once you do, type in the search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you'll access our lovely podcast programming right there. And we are also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, that's at W-A-R-R Media. You can watch this lovely podcast. You see our lovely faces. A lot. There we are. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. And you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NBCSCHI. All right. All right, gentlemen, we got the 16-team field MLB playoffs, which starts tomorrow. Both the Cubs and the Sox are in. The Cubs win their division. Unfortunately for the White Sox, the Cubs beat the White Sox in their series. They, they take two out of three. So Sox got to go to Oakland. Cubs get to host the Marlins, winning the NL Central. So... Okay, so who I'm trying to see how to say this? Who do you guys think has the best chance of advancing further? You're gonna see that Chicago, Chicago World Series, right? <laughs> <laughs> Put that bottle down, Lamont. <laughs> I mean, it's only, it's, only, it's only karma. It's only karma that we get a Chicago, Chicago World Series when we can't go. It to won't it. be played on Illinois soil. Yeah, that's what I'm the purpose. <laughs> that, so that's what I mean. So it, that's why we will get it now. So. That's that. If the baseball gods like us, like I know they do, that's what probably will end up happening. Simply because we can't participate physically in it, we'll get it now. But <laughs> right, right now, I think uh, I don't know. I like the Cubs. The Cubs hitting right now, and I think it can continue. They might go a little further than the White Sox. I mean, even though the Dodgers win a lot of games, I don't think they're invincible. And in this, and this Marlins team is scrappy. They beat COVID, so they feel like they can beat anybody. So <laughs> you got to watch them. But um, I think the Cubs probably can go further than the White Sox. Go ahead, Tick. I want to get your I want to get your view on this first. Oh, great! Just put me on the spot. Well, the <laughs> White Sox ended the season terribly, uh, winning two out of their last ten games. Can they get it together against Oakland? I think that they can, but I I'm not sure how they will respond to playoff pressure. As we've talked about the last few weeks, this is the first time this group is going to go through this experience together. Do they have enough offense to um, win this wild card series against Oakland? Yes, but on the other side of Oakland, the injury to Matt Chapman may uh, come back to bite them now because uh, where are they going to get their offers from? I know that Matt Olson led the team in home runs with 14 and also led the team with 42 RBIs. Also, you have former Sox prospect Marcus Simeon on that squad as well. But I question Oakland's starting pitcher at the Met Fires. As of, as of this recording, we don't know who's going to start for Oakland in game one. I know on the other side for the Sox, Giolito will go in game one, followed by Dallas Keigel in game two. Hopefully, if you're the Sox, Dallas Keigel's back it doesn't flare up because if it does, they're going to be in a world of trouble. Uh, I, I think the Sox do have a chance here, but uh, – I, I got to see a whole lot more. The, the, the finish to the end of this regular season is not encouraging, but when the playoffs start, it, it's a fresh start. Now, as far as the Cubs are concerned, their bats did come alive uh, this past weekend on the south side against the Sox. I think they can beat Florida or Miami now, but after that, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm going to obviously – I'm going to start with the Cubs' perspective first on this. Um 
like the way they ended the season, of course, um, you know, winning two out of three uh, against the White Sox. Um, you know, but before John Lester's last start, I would have I would have liked our chances a lot better against the Miami Marlins uh, upcoming um, here in the next couple of days. And and I still like the Cubs chances overall, but it's where things can happen in the best of three game series. You know, this, so that's that's the thing that I'm really, really leery of. And, and the same thing on the Sox. Anything can happen in the best of three series. Um, if, if, if Chris Bryant is looking like the 2016 and 2015 Chris Bryant, I definitely like the Cubs' chances a whole lot better because, you know, the, the, their big three, of course, Baez, Rizzo, and, and, and Bryant haven't hit well really all season. Um, so if, if Bryant is bat starting to come around, he hasn't been healthy, obviously, guys. So. That's that was the key, but if if his bat's starting to come around, I like the Cubs' chances a little bit better to advance at least past Miami. Um, I think they would get the Braves or the uh, Padres uh, in the in the NLDS. So, you know, the, the chances get a little little bit shorter than after that. But the Sox, I believe, they're in trouble uh, because their pitching can't find the strike zone at this point. Um, you know, Giolito, you like your chances in Game One against Giolito taking the mound there. But Oakland has a really solid offense as well. And, you know, the, you know who's going to take advantage of the fact that these two teams haven't played each other this season yet, right? I mean, that, I think those are big keys for, for, for the, the other series as well between Miami and, and the Cubs. These teams haven't played each other. So I, I think there is unfamiliarity there that, you know, one of these teams can take advantage of. Um, but I, I do believe the Sox are in trouble here a little bit, Sid. Um, you know, their, their bats started to come around a little late in that Cubs series, but uh, they, they weren't hitting the ball well up until that point. And outside of Giolito, you know, I mean, Keiko's been okay, but he's been injured. So how much can you really expect from him? It's going to be interesting for all these series, right? Because your <laughs> first time you're playing outside, you're to respect the divisions on the other side. So... For all of these matchups, this is gonna we're gonna go through them in a bit, but it's gonna be very interesting to see, especially since in this case, this best of five, all the games are gonna be there, whoever is hosting it, the the, the the higher seed. So that's gonna be a big difference too. Yes, granted, there's not gonna be any, there's not gonna be anybody there at these ballparks, but still, not being if you're like the lower seed, not being able to be at your ballpark to play these games, you gotta feel like that's gonna be an advantage for the higher seed. So now as far as the Cubs are concerned, that Marlins team's really good. He got Brian Anderson. You know, he was one of the reasons why you know, the Marlins got as far as down the playoffs now. Don't forget Sterling Marte is there. We'll see how he is because he's been banged up right now too. I think the Cubs started to kind of get together a little bit. You know, Chris Bryant's become a little bit more feisty now. <laughs> so oh, I don't give a I don't get a bleep about what anybody says. So I'm liking, <laughs> I'm, liking I'm liking his I like his attitude now. So I'm thinking he's gonna, you know what? Screw it, I'm gonna go for it. And you know, we'll we'll see. And I think that their you know their their bats, you know, have may have come in the right time. We'll see. I mean that they got I think they only got like one pretty good pitcher. So if you're the Cubs, I think you gotta be pretty pretty good about the Marlins series, as for the White Sox, does anybody know the, the Chapman injury? Is he going to be able to play? Is there any updates on that, Sid? As far as I know, I doubt it. But as of this podcast, I, I, I doubt that he plays. But if he does, which I'll be shot, then it gives Oakland a huge boost. But as uh, I don't think he's going to play. And plus, remember to – As far as I know. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so – 
even still, I mean, for the White Sox, you're gonna you gotta go all the way to Oakland. <laughs> Historically, the Sox have done bad out there in Oakland. So yeah, yeah. I know so, it has nothing too much to do with this group, but it, it, it doesn't fare well. Yeah, historically, yeah. I mean, you can go back a good, like, 20, 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, you can go back a good 20, 25 years. I mean, it has not – Oakland and the White Sox bats in Oakland don't mix, so we'll see if they can able to get off that – get off the schneid there. So, if I had to choose who has a better chance of winning their respective series, I get, I say the Cubs. But, again, this is sort of like all this – the stuff is so weird that, look, anything could happen. <laughs> so yeah. – We'll, we'll see. I mean, the, a lot of these series starts tomorrow, so we'll see what happens here. Now, let's go through some of these matchups real quick. Um, first one, you got Reds and Braves. Oh, I'll go no. with Atlanta because of their young talent. Cincinnati, congrats to them for backing in into the playoffs, but Atlanta, I think they had some humble pie after losing the way they did in Game 5 on their home field last year to the St. Louis Cardinals. Just like the White Sox, uh, this is the time that Atlanta's supposed to grow up and show and prove. I expect them to do that. This should be a quick two-game sweep. So I'm going with the Braves in this one. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to go with the Braves, Sid, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Braves start becoming the Dodgers and, and not doing it in the playoffs. But I'm going to go with them this time to see. But, hey, I'm not, I'm not too comfortable with it. Listen. I, I, this is a three-game series, in my opinion, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Reds outright pull it out. I'm not going to go there. Like me, like me a little bit. But I don't know how much you've been watching of, of Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer, Sid, but I'll, they, they're one of the best one-two duos in entirety of baseball right now. Um, the, the Braves are in trouble. If they can get past Bauer in game one, I like their chances. But if mm – -hmm. If, if Bauer throws a gem in that game one, they're going to have trouble because Luis Castillo is a really, really good pitcher as well. Yeah, that, that's why I would think that don't be surprised this does go three. But yeah. I think Atlanta pulls it out, though, yeah. just because of the talent. That's what I was saying. I'm uncomfortable with that pick, but it's going to be tough. It ain't going to be no cakewalk. All right. Uh, next up, we got Houston and Minnesota. Well, Sid, I, I mean, this is kind of your account. I mean, you know Minnesota more than the best of us. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> you know I don't like teams that hit home runs. They usually don't do well in the playoffs. But more importantly, the Twins, I don't like their starting pitching. I know Jose Barros is good. Rich Hill, boo. Maida, boo. <laughs> but Houston, as we said all year long, they've been, they have been inconsistent, especially on the road. <sighs> I know they're not going to face the heat from the fans, but uh, Dusty Baker, I know he had his own issues when he was mentioned with the Cubs here in Chicago, but that was a long time ago. But with that being said, I think that um, Dusty Baker's managing experience will help this Houston Astros team. I know Verlander is out for Houston, but they should have enough depth in their starting rotation to get this done. I think Minnesota does pull a game out. This will go three games. I have Houston winning two out of three. Ooh. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. well, you know what? I, I'm I'm a ride with Sid on that. I think um, Houston gonna play <laughs> some snowball and beat them, man. I I think the experience gonna kick in. Houston know how to win, and the bets. I mean, the best got to show up to do it. If the Yankees run away with everything because of home runs, I might start to change my opinion on hitting in the playoffs. But until I see it, I'm I, I'm going Houston. 
I'm I'm gonna go with Minnesota here, um, and and it's kind of a cop out sort of sort of pick here. <laughs> I, I just haven't seen Houston. I just haven't seen them. If if I've actually seen them play, I could probably give a, a better analysis on this series. But I, as far as what I've seen from the outside looking in, they they look really really inconsistent. Um, and I've seen Minnesota, so I'm I'm gonna take Minnesota in a three game series here. I, I I like their bats a little bit better. I think. Rich Hill is actually probably going to surprise some people, and I think he'll probably get the game two start um, and pitch pretty well. Um, but I think it'll go three, and I'm going to pick uh, Minnesota to pull it out. In a wild game three, by the way, I think game three could be like one of those like 10 to 9, 11 <laughs> to 9 type of games. <sighs> oh, my God. I've been going back and forth here. Um, I would go with Houston because of experience, but I think not having Verlander there, having that sort of that leader that kind of – you know, sort of, you know, kind of like keep everybody in check. So I'm picking Minnesota. I think Minnesota feels like they should have went further last season. So their bats kind of went cold. But I think, like, but I think them being over at Target Field, I think that's going to help them. So this goes three, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Minnesota for – and I think, like you said, but I'm thinking they maybe like two to one or one nothing, those kind of – that that kind of thing of the opposite side of, this, of the spectrum not there. The, not, not the scoring. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, all right, a battle of AL East Division rivals in this one. You got Toronto and Tampa. I want to start, please, please, please. Uh, I'm going to pick Toronto. <laughs> okay. I'm pick Toronto in the upsets. I love this Toronto team. I think they're ready. I love their manager. You know, he's, he's a great motivator, and I think they feed off his energy. Tampa Bay, I, I need you to show me. And I, I think their youth I – know, hey, I know Toronto's pitch is a little concerning – but I think having that sort of like that the best, and I think they're ready. I think the fact that they because they couldn't play in Toronto, so I I think they're going to use that as motivation. And I say Toronto in you know three. I, I, I'll go with you because I'm agreeing with you. I mean, if you say who played for Toronto, that would be a good trivia question right now for a lot of teams. But who played for Tampa Bay? So it don't really matter at that point. So I'm going with Toronto simply because. It's time that somebody shakes some things up over there. And, you know, Tampa Bay been teasing us for a few years. And I'm going with Toronto. I like Tampa I'm Bay. Cool. I, I'll take this one, Sid. I like Tampa Bay. Okay. Series. Um, and I actually think it's going to be a sweep. Um, I, I, I like Toronto. You guys know how I feel about Toronto. I've actually seen a lot of those young, young boys play on that team up close and in person. I really, really like their young talent. I just think they're a year away. Um, and, and, you know, it's not necessarily a knock on them, but they, they don't have the pitching. They've kind of been doing it with just offense, and that's okay. But uh, I like Tampa Bay's pitching just a little bit better than, than I like Toronto, so I'm going to take Tampa Bay in the sweep. That will be you know, You know, you, uh, guys, that always give manager Kevin Cash of the uh, Tampa Rays uh, his props and rightfully so. But with, with that being said, I'm not going to repeat Jason's points. I actually agree with them. I'm going with Tampa Bay. This should be a two-game sweep, but I'm going to be nice say they're going to finish off Toronto in three. Toronto has nice young talent, but they're just like the White Sox and their older brothers in the Atlanta Braves. This is a young group that has to go through the experience, and Tampa Bay has fundamental sound guys that can get it done in clutch situations. So I'm going with Tampa Bay in three. Should be a good one. Um... And Blake Snell gets to start for game one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm not worried. I'm sure they'll win that one, but I got <laughs> Toronto pulls it out somehow. I don't know why, but um, 
Next up, St. Louis and San Diego. I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my upset is coming in, guys. I like the Cardinals here. I, I really do. Um, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I, I Listen, I, I, I think San Diego's a good team. San Diego's a good team. But if, if I'm picking, you know, something weird to happen, you know, in, in these playoffs like these things tend to do, um, I like the Cardinals' experience just a little bit more than than the Padres' experience. I know it'll be in San Diego. I get it, but um, I, I think the Cardinals have the veteran leadership to do it. And I'm looking for um, a bold prediction. I'm looking for a shut. I, I'm not sure who gets the game one start, but I think it'll be Wayne Wright in game two. And I'm gonna go with a bold prediction and say Wayne Wright uh, turns back the clock to t- 2011 and throws like a seven inning two-hit, no-run game, and, and gets them over the hump and into the next round? Uh, you know, I, I feel the same way, Jason. Like, I feel about the Cardinals kind of how Bears fan feel about the Packers. So I, I, I never really ride with them. But I'm riding with them in this because I think the San Diego just – they all, like, show in a sense. I don't think they ready, ready, ready yet. And I think they're still missing a little something. And – I mean, I like, like you say, that experience going to play some uh, dividends. So I'm, I'm going with St. Louis too, man. I mean, it hurt me to say it, but I'm going to ride with them. As a fan, I like watching San Diego play. But as a baseball, quote-unquote, purist, great great defense always be, beats uh, great hitting. You're going to see that in this series. So I'm going with St. Louis. Not sure if Mike Clevenger is going to be able to pitch – that thigh injury is still bothering. Um, I think the arm injury, I think he has still is still bothering him. So as much as it pains me, and I love watching the Padres, I think it's St. Louis. I'm going with this. In this case, I am going with experience. All right. Um, the Yankees and Cleveland. Speaking of Mike Clevenger, Lakina, this is where that train is going to come in come in handy is going to affect the Indians. I know they have Shane Bieber, but after that, I don't like the rest of their starting seven um, in terms of Cleveland. The Yankees, they have everybody back from injury, i.e. Aaron Judge, i.e. John Carlos Stanton. Uh, but who's going to step up as their next starter after Garrett Cole? If the Yankees can solve that problem, I think they'll take this series. I think they have enough offense to override Cleveland. With that being said, I think the Yankees have something to prove. They're a the better team than Cleveland overall. I'm going with the Yankees in three. You know, see, uh, I got to agree with you, Sid, because I think they won't worry about that second pitcher because they just going to out-hit them. And I think that's why the Yankees going to go past them and move on to the next series. They just going to out-hit them. Yeah, I mean, that that could work in this series, although – I, I have an, uh, an inkling of a mind to say that might not even work. I'm still going to take the Yankees in three games. But, I mean, th- you know, mashing the ball out of the ballpark isn't going to get you very, very far. It might get you past this first round, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but this is th- th- this is why we lauded this th- that trade of Mike Clevenger early in, you know, early in first in the season, guys. What, what in the hell were Cleveland – what were they thinking? I don't get it. I still don't get it. Um but this is why something like that can jump up and bite you in the butt. I mean, it's a three-game series. If you would have told me you would have had Shane Bieber and Mike Clevenger or, you know, in reverse order, games one and two, I would have took Cleveland in a sweep in this thing. But, you know, with that, with that question mark outside of, uh, outside of Shane Bieber and your staff, 
I just can't in good conscience pick the Cleveland Indians, so I'm going to take the Yankees in three. Yankees in three, their offense, you know, thank God everybody's healthy. They've got a lot to prove, like you said, Lamont and then Sid. And I think, yeah, I think, they, look, I mean, I think the offense will outrun, you know, pitching. You know, even if they don't have anybody after Garrett Cole, I think, you know, the offense, especially now that everyone's healthy, will do just enough for them to win this series. Last but not least, the Brewers against the Dodgers. <laughs> I said, I said, I, said I, I logged it. I logged it that way on purpose. That I know you did. I did that. <laughs> yeah. All together, class, the Dodgers in a two game sweep. Yeah. Any objections? Nope. No, for me. Not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, too, bro. You, okay. You could have just pressed go and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look, look, the Dodgers got a lot to prove at this point, and it's not round. now when. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. They got to so. prove it, not this round. Yeah. Well, let's just get to, just get to this next round. Um, okay, okay. Our, our, who, okay, who you think wins? Do both the Cubs and the Sox win their series, or do one of them win? Do neither of them win? The, they both win because the White Sox going to wake up in Oakland for the first time. They're going to show up. Boy, I don't know. I, 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 I like Oakland in three. Uh, sorry to say, Sid. If if the Sox would have played better, even even if the Cubs would have took two out of three from them, if the Sox would have just played better before that series, um, I would have liked the Sox chances. But I don't. I I just don't like the way they're playing lately. I'm, I'm gonna take Oakland in three here. As far as the Cubs are concerned, I will take them over the Marlins. As for the Sox and A's, this is really tough, but I'm going to have to go with Oakland for this one. I think part of it is because, like you said, Jason, because of their late season uh, struggles. But I think – I know it's easy to do this because most fans do this, but uh, I think it's going to be a decision or two or maybe three that Sox manager Ricky Renteria uh, may have to force to do and may come and bite them in the you-know-what. And I, I'm just so afraid of that. I think because of that, I think Oakland will edge it out in the edge out in the three game series. Yeah, that's why I, I hope I'm wrong with. as a fan, but as an expert, I gotta pick Oakland. Yeah, and that's why I'm picking the Oakland. I just look at especially the history. This is not a very good history, like I said a few minutes ago. With the Sox and the Oakland, they're fast. The bats don't show up. I think they'll 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 keep it close, but I think Oakland mm-hmm. wins it in the end. Cubs, I I feel pretty confident the Cubs will beat the Marlins. Because, like I said, I mean, you got these teams having to, you know, travel cross country in some cases when they haven't had to. So you got to think that's going to play a, a part too. We gonna see. All right, should be should be a fun sixteen games. We'll see if they if they keep with this after you know after the season's over. God, I hope not. I I don't think they will. <laughs> I don't think they will either. Jason. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the hardwood now. Our fi- NBA finals is now set. It'll be. Uh... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went through. That's what the EMA executives are saying this morning. Come on, all right. They wanted Lakers Celtics. All right, yeah. I mean, look, you got the Miami Heat against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, for the Heat, I think this will be. I think this is their eighth appearance in the finals. If I'm not mistaken. And for the Lakers, um, well, they've been in so many. Uh, I think it's in the 20s. I'm sure at this point. So the history. So uh. I might be wrong about that, but uh, but yeah. So break it down. I know you're 
I'll start with you, Jason, since you're so excited about this. <laughs> yeah, can't you tell? Can't you tell how excited I am? Your enthusiasm is kids. It's just it's just overwhelming. It's, it's gleaming. I want to yes. start with the team that didn't make the NBA Finals. If, if the team that didn't make the NBA Finals, if I if I can. Uh, After you, um, Denver. Obviously, they they're probably one more player away um, from from really really being where they need to be in the Western Conference. I think it was a great showing by them. Um, but you know, it, uh, obviously, with that with that game winning game ending shot by Anthony Davis, really turned that series on a dime. Couldn't really overcome it. I thought they would push it to to a six games and a possibly seven, but couldn't overcome that. And and that's okay. Um, I picked the Lakers to win that series anyway. But Denver looks like they may be one more player away. We'll see if Michael Porter is able to step up next season and take on that role. For the Boston Celtics, I, I just – I couldn't be more disappointed. I couldn't be more disappointed. And I love Brad Stevens as a coach. But there's starting to be that nagging voice in the back of my head about Brad Stevens and his Boston Celtics team. Sometimes a coach can – take a team to an apex and sometimes it takes another coach to take that team over that apex. And I don't know if Brad Stevens is the coach to get them to the apex or the coach to take them over the apex, because this was the, I believe the third time in the last four seasons that they made the Eastern conference finals and they still were not able to get it done. Now they're still a very young team. And I, I have to say that I, they, they're still a very young team, but I am still very, very much disappointed. It, 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 it's like teams go up against the Miami Heat and forget how to defend the three-point line. And I just don't get that. Um, they execute their offense really well. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, to, you know, try to say the, the Heat are not deserving of what they do. They're, they execute their offense really well. I have to give them credit. But way too many times in the past two playoff series, I saw wide open guys hitting open threes. And Boston was supposed to be way better than that. And they weren't. Um, Jason Tatum, I thought, would show up and show out in this series. And he was maddeningly inconsistent. Um, Kemba Walker, man, I like Kemba Walker. But he really got exposed in this series. He, 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 he just He really did. And hopefully he can learn from it and come back a better player this season. But it looks like Kemba Walker is really starting to be who he is at this point, too. Um, so, so for the Boston Celtics, it's back to the drawing board in a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, I know they didn't have Gordon Hayward for much of that series. I don't know if it would have helped the way they played. I just don't know if it would have helped. Um, but it's, it's, it's back to the drawing board for them. And they've got to figure out a, a way to, to again, get over over the hump because they've got the talent to do it and they just haven't yet. Yeah, uh, I got to agree with you on both fronts, man. Like, to, to, to go back to what you said about Denver, that one player away thing you're saying, they are one player away. Maybe like a, a DeMar DeRozan or somebody that don't cause DeMar DeRozan to be really, really good in that spot. And Michael Porter could continue to learn and they can go from there. So he is a free agent, I think, coming up also. So they may look in that direction. But at the same time, you know, they are that player away. And with the Lakers, of course, they there. Everybody knew they was going there. And over to your Boston Celtics, like you was just saying. Yeah, Brad Stevens can only take them so far, man. And, and 
is is something missing and I don't know if it's vetting leadership or is it the coach? You know, it's like when, when stuff gets tight, who they turn to. And as far as defending that three point thing, Miami, uh they run a lot. You know, uh Duncan and Hero, they it's like they watch Curry and uh Thompson films and all they do is constantly move, constantly move. So it wasn't so much as them not defending it. Them two boys run a lot to get to those three-point shots. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And I think that's going to give the Lakers some problems also and that zone defense. The Lakers cannot run into a zone for four quarters straight and win a game. So the Lakers need to, like, do that fast break offense type of situation. So if Miami running that zone for most of that game, it's going to be real hard on the Lakers, a lot harder than what people think. So, I mean, I am looking forward to watching it. I mean, congratulations to Jimmy Butler. So, I, I will be watching it. And Iguodawa do know how to defend LeBron James. So, we'll see. I think for me, for this series, for the Heat and the Lakers, it's going to come down to the interior. Who's going to defend Anthony Davis? Yeah. I know Bam Adebayo, the first-time All-Star for Miami, has, has, has had one hell of a playoff run, especially defensively. So, I want to see him go up against Anthony Davis. I'm going to piggyback off your point, Lamont, as far as Andre Iguodala. We know that he can can stick LeBron James. The question is how long he's going to stick with LeBron James because Jimmy Butler is one of the top two, top three, two-way players in the league. He can stick LeBron, too. We saw it in the past when Butler was in a Chicago uniform, so that he can draw for that experience. Also, too, the role players, uh, this is going to be a series of which role players will show up for Miami. You have Duncan Robinson. And Tyler Harrow was a hero in that last series against Boston in a couple of those games. For the Lakers, can Alex Caruso keep it up? How much will Dwight Howard can contribute? Also, will you get something out of J.R. Smith or some of the other guys, Kyle Kuzma? Who's going, who else is going to show up? And, of course, you have a backup point guard playoff, Rajon Rondo, who's made his presence well ever since he returned from injury early in this playoff run. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with, with the. Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> what happens with this uh, in, in a series? I mean, you, know, you got LeBron and AD on one end. You got Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler on the other end. You know, who's going to step up? Which will it be experience or will it be youth? I mean, some people will say that the Heat kind of got backed into this to the finals because of all the injuries that happened within their their own conference, even in their own team. So you gotta think that okay, which is gonna win out here? So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how the story, how the series does. I know, look, I know ESPN. I'm sure they wanted Celtics and Heat. I mean Celtics and Lakers, but I think the Heat and the Lakers are gonna be a very formidable series, and I think this will be a, a thrilling one. I think, I know some people will say it's gonna be a gentleman's sweep. You know, people are already giving the Lakers a trophy, but. Uh, like give 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 Eric Spolster a little bit of credit here, folks. I mean, this is a guy that's been there from like when he was a video guy. People forget, and then he went way up and becoming one of the top coaches in the league. So let's give him a little bit of love too. And also, you don't have to, it's gonna be like a seventh or eighth trip to the NBA Finals with the Heat. So you gotta think he, they're gonna. I think they're gonna kind of feed off him. So look, the storylines are there. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm those people. Um, I, I am not at all, and I love that. This is going to be a five game. They, they, every everything that Miami doesn't do well, the Lakers are going to expose. I just 
and, and, and this is the narrative that I'm going to hate when the series is over in five games. Is that, you know, people, whether we like it or not, people are going to start putting LeBron James and his greatest of all time players back on the board. And LeBron James, even though he had a triple double in game five against the Denver Nuggets, he has not nearly been the most important or the best player for the league. It's been Anthony Davis. And the thing that I'm going to hate about this is that the Lakers win, because they will, um, this is going to somehow be one of LeBron's greatest achievements, and he's going to be put on his pedestal. And I don't think people are going to give Anthony Davis the credit that he deserves for being the most dominant player in his playoff. I agree with you, Jason. I mean, Anthony Davis is the reason they will win, and going forward in the future, Anthony Davis, if he stays in L.A., will be – that reason. And you're right. They're already talking about that LeBron greatest of all time conversation. I seen uh, Stephen A. Smith talking about he'll never say that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. And you know they're going to put LeBron on that pedestal if they pull that game. I mean, when they pull this series out, because I do think they're going to win. But I mean, I hope the Heat punch him in the mouth a couple of times before they lose. I think the Miami Heat will. Uh, that's why I have the Lakers in six. I think people are underestimating Miami because they don't have this quote-unquote super team like the Lakers do on the other side. But as I mentioned before, Jimmy Butler, we know that he can bring in, especially in the fourth quarter. Also, you have other role guys. They know, they know what to do. That They do not step outside themselves. For the Lakers, it's all about concentration and focus. If they can play a full 48 minutes, there will be a quote-unquote gentleman's week. But I think Miami's going to give more than people will give them credit for. So with that being said, I have the Lakers in six. And let's give Ben a bio some love, too. I mean, he's yeah. been, definitely been an unsung hero to kind of step it up for Jimmy when, you know, he has his struggles and also a hero when he kind of uh, up and down. So let me, let, let's give him a little bit of credit, too. I say I would say Heat in six as well. I think this is going to be – a better series that they people are giving them credit are going to be giving them credit for, and I, I think he's going to like he's are, are going to show you why they're in the finals to begin with. So, uh, well, you know, if, if the Heat pull it off, they will never. Maybe they'll never bring that LeBron greatest all time question up again. So, I'll be rooting for the Heat. <laughs> yeah, five games at the most. Should be fun, though. We'll see. I think this will be an interesting series, though, regardless. God, I hope you guys are right. <laughs> All right. So off to the college gridiron this time. Sort of like, you know, a full slate of games. What impressed you since they're going into week three here? I will start. I have a week new four, hero. I should say. <laughs> I have a new hero. Uh, Mississippi State quarterback. K.J. Costello. Yeah. All right. Nice. He threw for 600. Six, look, listen to what we're saying. 600 yards. Not one, not two, not even four. Six. <laughs> Do the LeBron thing. <laughs> in, in Baton Rouge, he threw for 600 yards. Not, not at home. Not at no. He wasn't at Stanford. He threw for 600 in Death Valley with people in the stands. I know it wasn't 105,000 like it was supposed to be, but it was enough. And yes, he 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 put that that man was looking like he was like Tom Brady or Joe Barrow or whoever you want to call him. He looked really <laughs> really good. 
that he looked so good. I'm gonna watch the rest of that game this year simply because of that one performance. So he's my new hero. And as far as the rest of this college football season going, it's it man, it's a lot of upsets, a lot of teams ready to play and a lot of teams not ready to play. So I'm actually liking that these bigger teams are not walking in and winning by names and you getting these rankings by your name. They're having to earn it this year. And I think a lot of teams won't be where a lot of people thought they would be. And it's going to be a lot of teams with them high numbers, quote unquote, getting knocked off. So I look for that trend to continue all throughout the season. So, and LSU will stay in the top 10. Well, they're, they're, they're currently not right now. Lamont, I think they're about twenty, uh, but but I think I think Mississippi State is is actually pretty good. So it, it, I I mean I hope you weren't expecting LSU to go undefeated again. This no, season. no, they lost they lost fourteen people, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they're 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 gonna be okay. I think they're you know. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, but you know they they might struggle a little bit, but they're they're gonna be okay. They still got a ton of talent. Um, yeah. but I think Mississippi State is actually probably pretty good. Um, KJ Costello, I could be wrong on this, Lakina, and maybe you can help me out. I don't know if you know this for sure, huh? but wasn't he a former Stanford quarterback? I yeah. believe so. Yep. He was at Stanford. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, right. I, I, I thought so. And I, and I was watching a little bit of the game. I didn't get to see any of it really, but I, I got to saw a, a very small amount of it and, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, this guy looks familiar. I just couldn't picture <laughs> it at the time though. I hadn't heard the announcer say anything at that, at, you know, the times I was watching it. So. Uh, yeah, I you know Mississippi State they, they're probably pretty good. Um, listen, Kansas State. Um, I mean, how about how about those those Wildcats, right? I mean, yeah. coming off a really really bad loss the week previous, um, they come out and I I would say surprise the hell out of the Oklahoma Sooners, um, who all need to have a game like this, Lakina. We've been talking about yeah. the Sooners for a few years now too. Um, they always seem to have a game like this one way or the other. So. Um, you know, two two big big surprises there for the weekend. That's for sure. I didn't get a chance to catch much college football this week. I did flip around to a couple of games um, where we talked about the last couple of weeks. Lamont was uh, they left a, a certain amount of fans in that mostly uh, the student body, maybe a few family members of the players. It did look full, but we know technically it's not full. But uh, as we said before, as these states hopefully started to ease up on the guidelines, you may see. I don't know if you'll see crowds this year, but you may see a little bit more uh, people in attendance as the weeks go on. Uh, should uh, the, they had like uh, the, COVID, uh, the percentages continue to go downwards? Yeah, they had like 22,000 uh, LSU games, so it, it probably, I think it's going to mostly be those SWAC schools that have people there, though, because that, you know, that's the bread and butter of their culture, so I think that's where that yeah. comes. But I had a question, like, the uh, Alabama game, like, Al what what happened with uh, Tua's brother? Is he playing, or what what's going on down in Alabama? Um, I thought I saw a place where I think he tra he's transferring. I think. Because oh, I I know I didn't see it. I didn't see him nowhere on the field or anything when I caught some of the game. But I might have to check into that. The yeah. one game that was the one yeah. game I was actually looking forward to was the University of Miami versus Florida State. I couldn't watch the whole thing because Miami whooped that ass. <laughs> and I was like, thanks for the own college football game one to watch. But uh, times have changed at Florida State. Miami, I, it looks like they're back, but I want to see them if they can put it together for a few more games. I mean, they got a quarterback, man. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we talked about that last week. Listen, De'Ara De King is a difference maker. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he's going to have them winning some football games. But th to me, this is about Florida State. Um, the cover's bare there. The cover's bare down there in Tallahassee. I mean, I mean. They should let Dion be the coach. That way he could have brought some talent in. That, that program is really, really falling on hard times. Um, I wasn't sure about the Mike Norvell hire in the first place. I know, you know, I hope he gets well. I know he's under quarantine right now, so I'm not trying to turn the pile on in him uh, right now at all. Um, again, I know he's dealing with, with you know, with, with COVID. So uh, I hope wish him a speedy recovery. But they, that, that program is in shambles. Um, I think Justin Blackman is a better quarterback than what he's shown, but he hasn't really shown it. And I think that, that the coaching staff has a lot to do with that. So Florida State, again, I'm, I'm not the biggest Florida State fan at all, um, but they are in trouble. It should be interesting to see what Miami, how Miami lives. I know I have people, people in Miami already say, hey, Miami's back, the U's back. Okay, guys, slow down. Your next, your next, your next game is against Clemson. So let, let's slow down here. And they were off this week. so Yeah, Clemson coming off a bye. Yeah, so they'll they'll be they'll the uh, uh, will have his guys ready. Um, I think Oklahoma State. Dare I say they may have a defense now. <laughs> Are you sure this is the Big Twelve we're talking about? I mean, look, I mean, I know I know it's West Virginia, and you know they're 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 still going through their own you know transition right now. But yeah, listen, they they made those they made the plays. The defense made the plays. Like they made the stops late. They kept them to field you know field goals for the most part. So. I think they may have a, some defense there. And also Chuba Hubbard, and he also has a, another fellow running back, L.D. Brown. He also ran for over 100 yards. They each had a touchdown. So they may, that's a nice little tandem there. Um, you know, Central Florida, I know people are already, I know the people, they're already, like, talking trash. Okay, guys, stop. <laughs> let, let, let's slow down here a little bit. But, uh to the Texas Texas Tech game, that was like one of the probably one of the well, that's your typical. There's your typical Big Twelve game right there, uh, Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also to, a basketball score. Yeah, like 63-56, they were able to pull that out. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Oklahoma. It, yeah, I mean, a day that ends in why their defense sort of you know killed them, and you know they were up like I think what seventeen or eighteen or something like that and they you know they couldn't hold it hold on to it. I know they have a lot of young guys in that defense, but still there's no excuse. You're a lot better than that. And Spencer Rattler, I think he's only like a redshirt freshman, I think, so or a sophomore, redshirt sophomore or something like that. So he'll only get this is his first year starting, so he'll only get better. But come on now, where's your defense at oh you gotta have a little bit of a defense. I know this is a big twelve, but you gotta have some semblance of a defense. <laughs> speaking of a speaking of a conference, guys, this news broke last week, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it. the Pac-12 is supposed to return in November for a, a short seven-game only conference schedule. What are you guys' thoughts? We know the Big Ten is going to return later next month in October. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, college college football is like a okay, you did it, so I'm gonna do it type situation. So once them first teams play, whoever those teams were. I knew everybody else would eventually jump on the bandwagon, man. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, oh, they got away with it, so we going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, again, I, this, is, this is all, all goes back to my ranting and ravings about the NCAA for weeks now. Um, on one hand, you know, I'm, I'm happy we're starting to see some football starting to be played again, uh, not only in the NFL, but in college. But 
Um, I, I, I just hope, you know, nothing dangerous happens with, with any of these teams, with any of these kids, because we're still talking about kids here. So, um, I'm, you know, again, I'm, I'm happy on one hand, but I'm just cautiously optimistic on the other hand. Um, I, you know, it, and I, I, the, the other point I'm trying to make about all of this is that how will they, how will they sort of not enforce, but how will they value, I guess, the rankings now, right? Because, you know, all of these conferences are having, you know, odd, odd game schedules or even game schedules. You know, you, you might have a 10-game a schedule here or a 7-game schedule in the Pac-12's case. I'm just wondering how they're going to value these, you know, these polls, especially when it comes down to a potential uh, playoff. It's going to strictly be the eye test, Jason. They're going to they're gonna really just go with them. This, this is the most open. It's always a mess and confusing. But this is going to be the, mo- the most open one ever because it's going to be strictly an eye test. And you're going to strictly have to go on the eye test. And they're trusting us to trust them and their decisions when they don't have any clear-cut leadership in this whole COVID situation to begin with. So you want us to trust you and how you see these teams, but you don't even have leadership when it comes to saying who's going to play over this whole situation. So it's going to be an eye test type of situation. And like I said before, I mean, you got to put an asterisk. It's probably like the one thing where you may have to put an asterisk on because some, some schools are going to be playing more games than other schools. Some schools are not even going to play. So they're only doing – Pac-12 is only doing seven. You know, you got the SEC is going to do ten. And I think the ACC is also doing nine or ten. So how are you going to – are you going to go with a nine and two ACC team or go with a seven and oh Pac-12 or an eight and oh Big Ten team? I mean, how are they going to be able to do this? I mean, yeah, you can do the eye test, Lamont. But, again, if you're already – like, if you're already seen, like, the first month and a half with the Big Ten, 12 and the SEC and the ACC and that you see yeah well, well I'll use Ohio, Ohio State as an example okay if they end up being seven and up you know being seven and zero, oh, but yet you know they play a couple of close games who are you gonna who are you gonna choose so this exactly. is gonna be where like you know this is sort of gonna be one of those things where they've already said they're gonna let like just about everybody in the uh for a bowl games this year so you know, you, you could have a one or two win team, you know, playing in a bowl game. That's just how crazy this, you know, the season's going to be. So, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I want to see how they do this because outside, like, the COVID aspect of it, I mean, I hope, I hope you know, none of the players or coaches or a coach's wife or uh, a kid or a family member of one of the players or somebody in the personnel, you know, because we've seen it. You know, we saw with, with uh, Wake Forest. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame's having problems. I know a couple other schools are also having issues. So this could be one of those things where will they finish? That's going to be the, the the problem. That's going to be the key if they if these guys end up finishing. As long as they don't have a major outbreak, I think they will finish. Like you mentioned, Lakini, there's been a couple of games that have been postponed or moved to later dates ever since these big conferences have started back playing. But as long as you can keep it under control and catch it right away, I think they'll finish. You can move games around here and there, but when it's a major outbreak, it's going to be problems. But I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, college football is going to finish. Going to finish. Mm, going to be very interesting. A um, couple more things here before we wrap up. Um, Georgia, uh, do they have a quarterback? <laughs> uh. I mean, JT Daniels, I mean, he got banged up and – 
He will be available for Saturday against Auburn. Auburn, another one of those studs, I like to say. I mean, they may they get they got a nice team there. They were able to pull pull out against Kentucky. Probably one of the strangest games that probably from that Saturday slate. I'll you know, if you have an EVC game, I'll I'll spare you guys details as to why. But you know, what do you guys think about Georgia? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I like them a lot. We'll see what they can do, you know, in the, um, in the SEC East uh, division. It looks like Tennessee might be pretty good as well, so they might have some competition there. But I, I, also Florida as well, too. They look really good as well. Um, so we'll see what happens in the SEC. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they, you know, they're going to have some trouble if they don't have JT Daniels back and healthy, that's for sure. I, I was going to mention uh, Tennessee. I was like, uh, Tennessee is going to have something to say about Georgia being better. Tennessee going to have something to say about a lot of people who look like. Yeah, they're good. You're right. You know, we was we was calling for Tennessee head about a year and a half or so ago. Yep. <laughs> we was calling for their whole head to roll. So they must have hurt us. And, and, and <laughs> they, they <were> <laughs> we got listeners in Tennessee that check us out. They heard what we were saying. Uh-oh. <laughs> Look, sorry, we apologize. But, yeah, it'll be interesting, though. A um, couple more things before we wrap up. Um, the French Open, oddly enough, is starting, have, have, has started already. Um, Rafa Nadal has already won his first round match in straight sets. I believe Monfils did as well. I thought I saw a score. But where do you guys, uh, who do you guys think wins the French Open in this weird sort of way of, like, fall in Paris, I guess? <laughs> and they own clay? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, you know Serena, she she she's still in it, so I'm gonna go with her. But she she lets you slide a lot on clay for some reason. Well, well, yeah, it's 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 clay Lamont. You're gonna you're gonna slide. You're gonna be sliding. Actually, yeah. I mean, like more than normal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, she like have skid marks. Like she be kicking dust up. Like so, I mean, every yeah, time yeah. I play, it's so, always. Funny. She'd be real, like, I watch her, like, a lot. When she play on it, she'd be real dirty. Uh, that's how it is, Lamont. That's Clay. I know. <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> well, well, again, he, you know, listen, just give him the benefit of the doubt. He may not know a little bit about the clay circuit. It's, it's, they kind of play it like that, Lamont. They play it in strategy because the clay is, is so kind of slippery. They kind of, they, they play, they, they're sort of doing that on purpose when they slide like that. Um, because you can really roll an ankle or tear up your knee if you try to plant your foot in the ground on that thing. Um, so they kind of play like that on purpose. But, uh, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit dirty, and, um, you know, they do slide around a lot. But it's, it's on clay. So, um, listen, I, I, you guys know how I feel about Serena. I'm, I'm trying to start, like, a broken record here with her as well. Um, we all wanted to get to 24. But as of lately, she's she's you know getting to the finals and having a bad finals, or she's losing in the semis and not quite making it these past couple of years. So uh, hopefully yeah. things can fall right to where she can get to 24. Um, I don't think that needs validation in our eyes as far as having her the greatest tennis player of all time, men's or women's included, in my opinion. Um, so you know I, I I like Serena to win, but we'll see. Um, on the other side, if if Nadal is healthy, he is the all-time king of the clay. So I've got to run with those eyes. Sid? I'll go with Serena. She'll do the Casper slide. Take it back, my y'all. Two <laughs> hops this time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I, look, I've said before, until Nadal, I know Nadal hasn't played in months. I know he even said that, look, this is, you know, people are going to have to bear with me because, 
you know, this is sort of, I haven't played in months, you know, for, he didn't play the U.S. Open, you know, understandably so, but I think uh, until someone beats him, I'm going to pick him to, <laughs> to win it. And the other, on the other side, I mean, look, the Americans have not, uh, either men or women have not done well with the exception of Serena in recent years. I think she's only won one, one or two anyway, so I'm not, like, I'm not really begging on her to, uh, her to win it. Um, I know, um, I know that Osaka, I know Naomi Osaka's already said that she's not going to play, so that's going to, that's going to be a, a, so it's pretty much wide open. I, I think maybe I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like Kvitova or somebody like that ends up winning. You know, maybe if if I am going to pick an American, I think maybe Sloane Stevens. You know, she, I, you know, think she did, she did pretty well, I think, on clay. You know, she has done well on clay. Excuse, me. I'm sure she's going to want to deep herself there. So. I think the women's side is all is wide open. On the men's side, I think unless you know, unless somebody until someone beats Nadal, I'm going to pick him to win it. I think this is like this. This is I think it's like his 90th French Open, so <laughs> French Open title. So uh, we'll see what happens there. So any other nuggets you guys want to uh, say? Yes, yeah, oh. the NFL that Cleveland Washington game. They had three women. They had uh, uh, two women on each side and a woman referee. Like uh, I, that's impressive. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the men can listen to the women and accept coaching from a woman, and I'm glad that we're trending in that direction because there's a lot of smart, very intelligent women out there that know the game just as well as a lot of us men do. So um, I was happy to see that. Jason? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to the NBA finals, and I'm looking forward to the baseball postseason. This should be interesting. As you mentioned, Lakina. They may not bring this format back next year. It's soon that we get back. I think we will get back to a normal 162-game season. This year, be- I'm looking forward to some Monday Night Football, no doubt about it. Um, again, I mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, slight blowout potential from my side. The Ravens can blow out the Chiefs, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game. But I like the Ravens to sort of show uh, show the national audience that they're a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you with that, Jason. I, I, I think they're going to do so. I think it's time. And like Lakina said earlier in the show, they are a little upset by the way they went out. So I think they, um, you know, it's going to be something to see tonight. And, of course, I'm watching uh, my favorite show tonight because The Rock is on his way back. So I'm watching Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're looking forward to that one, Lamont. <laughs> All right, I'm looking forward to the, the playoffs starting. Like you said, Sid, we'll see. I doubt they'll – I would use that. I doubt they'll keep this format <laughs> for next year. I think they, they, just, they just did it just for, you know, ratings purposes and such. I'm looking forward to the finals. I think – look, I think this is going to go six. Lakers in six. I know, you're, I know you have your doubts, Jason and Lamont, but I think this will go six. And uh, I'm looking forward to tonight's game, depending on when this gets posted. Um uh, Chiefs and Ravens. I think, I think Ravens will win, and I think they will pull away because I think the Chargers gave you a blueprint on how to slow down Pat Mahomes and that offense. So I think they're gonna do that, and I think they will. I think we may be seeing a preview of the AFC Championship game. You think the world will panic if they blow out Kansas City? You think the world will be I don't like think so? They should like the greatest and all of that. They shouldn't, but you know how you know how some folks are. So <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but I don't know. Everyone else will, but I I will. What do you guys? What say you guys? Well, you you guys know how I feel. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout uh, outright, not just a game that they pull away late. 
Um, you know, we, we've seen this sort of thing before uh, when two teams, you know, sort of battling at the top of their conference. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, again, Baltimore is going to still have that memory just slightly in the back of their mind about how their season ended. It's a national audience. They're going to be hyped for it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Ravens win by two or three touchdowns. Can't wait. Yeah, Baltimore, yeah Baltimore blows out Kansas City. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise. But remember, too, it's early in the season. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a major injury, heaven forbid. But like you said, there's always going to be those one or two fools that want to make something bigger than what it is. But I'm not going to fall for that trap. Mm, me neither. Yeah, like I said, I think it'll. I think so. I think this will be. Even if it is, it is a minimal, but I think that, that they'll they'll be okay. I think you know, KC fans should should you know, if you do get blown out, let's just chill out here. So, any anything else? Any announcements? Any guys want to you know? Pop? Oh, okay. All right, and uh, on that note, you follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on Instagram. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter, and Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram. You can follow yours truly, SidKid80, on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can read my articles at WeAreRegalRadio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. And you can listen to this lovely podcast, Second City Sports Part of the War Media Group on War on Anchor, which is what kicks you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. <laughs> Wherever you download your <laughs> podcast, make sure you download uh, War on Anchor. Don't forget to download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, please search for War on Anchor in your search engine box. Just type in War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we also on YouTube at War Media. Type in that search engine box on YouTube, War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. And you can watch this lovely pro- uh, podcast via the visual. And there we are. Voila. All right, so enjoy the game. What about Jason? Yeah, I was gonna say, you you forget me out. I'm sorry. You can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. You can follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Follow us, we follow back. All right, so for the guys, I'm Lakian. This is Second State Sports Zoom style. Be safe, wash your hands, and enjoy the sports. Till next time, holla! Ha, 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 ha.